the situation as we are seeing the evolution in Somalia is very far to be resolved today. And we're seeing more and more the situation is becoming more critical. Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast for the foreign policy and global development communities and anyone who wants a deeper understanding of what is driving events in the world today. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg. I am a veteran international affairs journalist and the editor of UN Dispatch. Enjoy the show. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. The Dadaab refugee complex in Kenya hosts about 310,000 refugees, most of whom are Somalis who have fled conflict and drought. Dadaab has been around for a long time, about 30 years, and over the decades it has periodically experienced sharp influxes of people. We are now in the midst of one of those moments. In 2022, 51,000 people arrived, and it is projected that in 2023, 90,000 people will make their way from Somalia to Dadaab. This ballooning population is straining humanitarian agencies' ability to provide basic services to populations in need. My guest today, Hassan Mayaki, is the country director for Doctors Without Borders, Minnesota Frontier, in Kenya. MSF operates medical facilities at the Dagaheli refugee camp, which is part of the Dadaab complex. He describes a worsening humanitarian situation there, measured in part by a sharp rise in acute child malnutrition. We discuss why the situation is seemingly getting worse and what can be done to help to provide for the basic needs of a rapidly expanding refugee population. So this is the kind of content and episode that I dare say most mainstream foreign policy podcasts will not deliver to you, at least with the kind of nuance that this conversation does. And if you like what we do, if you appreciate what we do, if you find value in what we do, you can sign up for a premium subscription with just a few taps of your finger. If you're listening to me right now on Apple Podcasts, If you are not using Apple Podcasts, you can go to patreon.com slash global dispatches and support the show from there. In all cases, you will unlock bonus episodes and my eternal gratitude as well. Thank you. Now, here is my conversation with Hassan Mayaki of Doctors Without Borders, MSF.
Can you describe the apparently deteriorating humanitarian situation in parts of Dadaab? What are you seeing? It's deteriorating because of so many elements. I think first thing we can say that today in um, all the Dadaab, I mean, sub-country where we have like three refugees camp, yeah? and especially where MSF is working is Dagahali. We have around 100,000 refugees living in this uh, camp. So we can say already, I mean, there's some congested uh, situation in this uh, camp because apart these refugees who have been there since uh, long term, so these last month, there's uh, some new arrivals who arrive from Somalia side and then make uh, the camp uh, more congested. And some of these refugees uh, are living in the outskirts of the refugees uh, area. So apart that, I think there's so many elements also around when you look at the current context, uh, so many population in the camp, measles outbreak, cholera outbreak, and then make things also a bit uh, more complicated. And apart that, also the situation is that uh, people that are coming also for different reasons. Of course, there is conflict around uh, Somalia area, and apart the the conflict, there is also drought, which is also one of the main concern, also pushing people coming to this uh, area of Dagahale. And so all these elements put together, thinking in consideration also the camp is isolated area, is a more vulnerable area, plus also the different uh, diseases around, plus the condition also in general, outbreak, condition of the people coming as new arrival with the situation of cholera, plus water problem in Sanahau, sanitation. So all these situations combined, plus also some refugees are not also yet registered or profiled, meaning that they cannot have access to certain assistance. So all these things together, with current situation, we can consider that the situation is really alarming. And also about that in terms of projection, we can say that also uh, almost every week there's new people coming in this uh, camp plus projection for the future in 2023. Around 90 people expected also to come. You said in 2023, how many people do you project to be newly arrived in the Dadaab refugee complex? So uh, according to the data of UNSCR, the projection is around 90,000 people expected to come. This is estimation. And this would represent a huge increase in the number of people in Dadaab already, which is about 350,000 to 400,000 people are in this vast complex already. And you're saying that in 2023, the UN Refugee Agency expects a further 90,000 people to arrive, principally, presumably, from Somalia fleeing the conflict compounded with an expected failed rainy season. So even more people are expected in 2023 to arrive in Dadaab in significant numbers. Exactly. And already, however, in 2022, last year, 
you have reported sharply increased rates of acute malnutrition among children, something like a 33% increase in 2022 compared to the year before. What accounts for this sharply increased rates of malnutrition? Is it everything you just described? Yeah, I think there's so many elements here to take in consideration. Of course, we saw really a big increase, I mean, in general, in our pediatric world, because we have around 12,000 in 2022, all children under five, which representing around 33% in terms of increase. And also we did some screening of malnutrition, rapid screening, which if I try to compare from July 2022, we did it, and we did another one in December 2022, and we realized that there's increase of global malnutrition around 45% increase, which is also alarming. So I think there's different elements here to put in place. Was when I'm talking at fell of the rain successively around four years, the drought, which is also concerning in general for Kenya targeting around 4.3 million. So I think the drought is one element. Apart drought also, if you look at the situation, how people also are traveling to come, the access of the health, the different seconds of disease, etc., etc. So all these things also combined make really the thing more complicated, drought plus others, element, disease, outbreak, all these things combined can easily increase the number of malnourished in the coming month, which we have to be vigilant and we need to have close monitoring and to be ready also to respond to this increase. So you're expecting sharp numbers of increasing arrivals in Dadaab. You've already experienced last year sharply deteriorating humanitarian situation measured by, among other things, a 33% increase in acute childhood malnutrition, which basically means children starving to death. What is being done to prepare for this coming influx of refugees in 2023? For us, in terms of malnutrition, we have close monitoring of the situation. We have regular screening, and then we anticipate to be ready in case of more deterioration of the situation, to look at the bed capacity we have in the hospital, to look at different therapeutic food to use for these children, and then to anticipate in case even if there is any increase of these uh, malnourished children, at least we are able to manage the situation. So I think anticipation, monitoring of the situation, both sides, Somalian side, the border, and people who are coming, and especially this new arrival. That's the reason today the system we put in place, we have some mobile activities around the outskirts where the new arrival are coming. So for us, the first day they arrive, we do some screening, we evaluate the malnutrition status, and according to that, it will allow us to do more planification. And also in general, apart also the malnutrition, when new people are arriving, the increase is there. There's so many factors also to take in consideration. 
the access of the health also to be ready. People will have access to the health. At soon, so many people are coming. Also, the need is not only to the nutrition or to the health. There is also others' need. People, when they came, they don't have anything. They need shelter at least to settle. People, they need water. People, they need latrine. So all these things also have to go also in link with the increase of the population and that all these basic need of these people when they arrive, also it needs to be anticipated, not only malnutrition health, but I think it's more global aspect to look, which is not only us, medical organization, looking at the health side, but I think it's globally for all the actors intervening in different sectors also to be ready for this increase, to be ready also to face, make sure that the humanitarian response is really well according to the number of the people. And presumably this requires expanding the infrastructure of the camp, the latrines, the medical facilities, the shelters, the water spots, and all that might be required to support some 90,000 people who need profound help. Is there sufficient funding from international sources, from the Kenyan government, to expand Dadaab from what it currently exists? In terms of projection, today there's a discussion via the government of the Kenya and the UNHCR also to extend and to open new camp as extension which is IFO 2 at first step, and probably in the future there's also another camp identified campus where they can continue. So this is in terms of projection of the new set which can be open for the coming weeks, months, according to UNSCR. So essentially opening up a new area of the camp, an area that, if I recall, had previously been open but was shut down by the Kenyan government. Yeah, so... Today, it's clear that the dynamic from UNSR and the government is really to go ahead because officially all these two places are gazetted and officially it's a matter of the time to organize all this coordination to move people. But the essential point here is that, yes, moving people, it's good. But at the same time, what we are really encouraging is also as soon as possible to do the process of registration of these people because some people are not yet registered. That's one thing. The second thing also to make sure that also the funding behind is enough also to make sure if these people move there, they have really the basic need in terms of access of the health, in terms of shelter, in terms of water, in terms of non-food item, in terms of enough latrine. And for this were really encouraging and really willing and then hoping that the humanitarian need is there. We're hoping that in terms of funding, all the international actors can mobilize to make sure that there's enough resources to make sure that all this movement is smooth and the need of this population is taken in consideration. And then they have the basic thing in terms of humanitarian response. Are you seeing any evidence as of yet that indeed the humanitarian actors internationally and perhaps nationally within Kenya are moving quick enough, are mobilizing sufficient funding? I think what we can say, there's a lot which is already 
done because managing more than 300 refugees, we can say that there's a lot which is already done. But with this projection to have more refugees, I think it can be better. And we think that also with the new arrival and the current situation, the funding, the way we are seeing the situation now, we think that is not enough. That's the reason we are really recalling again for the international community, for the different donors to mobilize around this situation to make sure that there is enough funding to assist these people. Because this situation, of course, now we have to respond to the current emergency situation with all this new arrival. But at the same time also, after around 30 years of existing of this camp, we are thinking that and also encouraging for the future, for the long-term solution, which we think that it can be the solution. Because anyway, the situation, as we are seeing the evolution in Somalia, it's very far to be resolved today. And we're seeing more and more the situation is becoming more critical. I do want to ask you about a long-term solution to this crisis. I mean, you mentioned that in the near term, it is your hope and expectation that the international community will mobilize sufficient resources in order to enable the camp to absorb that expected 90,000 new arrivals in 2023. But no, in the meantime, as you said, Dadaab has existed for 30 years now. Are there any concrete long-term policy steps that either the Kenyan government or the international community could do to break this cycle of kind of crisis at the camp and support people who currently live there or who seek to find refuge elsewhere? Yeah, definitely. I think the subject is in the table. There is a plan. There is some discussion. But let's be realistic. It's something which can take some years. It's something which can take maybe long term. It can be long term perspective. It can take some years. We understand it. That's the reason I say, yes, I think the first priority is to handle the current situation of congested camp, the possibility of moving people to another camps, the new arrival, and also the projection. So that is the situation to respond. But we think that also, as I say that, this willing of long-term perspective is there, but it needs to be also pushed. It needs to be realistic and to be concrete. And we are hoping that one day, this long-term solution perspective, together with different actors involved, the government of Kenya, UNSR, and others actors, we hope that one day they will make it a reality and that the long-term solution to be in place. It can take time, but we encourage and we still believe that is really the solution. So in like the short and medium term, in the coming days and weeks and months, as more and more people flee drought and conflict in Somalia and seek safer haven in Dadaab, are there any like indicators that you will be looking towards that will suggest to you whether or not MSF and its other partner organizations in the humanitarian space are doing an adequate or sufficient job to respond to 
the humanitarian needs of people who are newly arriving? So I think the indicator is the monitoring of the situation. It's also looking at uh, not only what happened in Kenya, also looking what happened also in Somalia. To be able to understand the context, to be able to understand also the dynamic, the situation there, and who are there as IDP and who are also willing to come. So for us, we are monitoring the context part of the situation to be able to anticipate. We are monitoring also the humanitarian and also the health situation, monitoring our data compared from one month to another month, then to be also ready to project in terms of our secondary healthcare in the hospital, to think also about our primary healthcare in the uh, help us, to think also about the current emergency intervention we started for this new arrival, mobile clinic, water distribution, shelter, latrine. So according to all this analysis of the context of the humanitarian situation, we'll be able also to anticipate for the coming month to be able to increase our support, our activity, and uh, in general, the humanitarian assistance. And that what also we are really encouraging also others actors to look to look at that different uh, figure, different context to be able also to anticipate and also to be able to give the right uh, humanitarian assistance of these people. Lastly, do you expect the situation to deteriorate? Historically, when we look at the the situation, I mean, after 30 years eh, existing of this camp, looking about the different conflict offensive in um, Somalia side, the IDPs who are in the border of Somalia, Somalia side, waiting to see the evolution in Kenya side uh, to come, looking also at a different indicator, the number of the admission, which clearly, if we look at our pediatric 12,000 in 2022, 33% increase, plus 45 increase during the screening of malnutrition we did, plus different outbreaks like cholera, like measles. So all these elements, we can consider it as really element, plus the new arrival coming every week. So all these elements, when we take it, we are not expecting right now the improvement of the situation, we prefer to be ready for the worst case scenario. We are thinking more that the situation will be more and more deteriorated. Well, Hassan, thank you so much for your work and for your explanation and analysis of what's happening, even though we've ended on a realistically unhopeful note, but a realistic one. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Global Dispatches. Our show is produced by me, Mark Leon Goldberg, and edited and mixed by Levi Sharp. If you have questions or comments, please email us using the contact button on globaldispatchespodcast.com. Before you go, do take a moment to show your support for the show by becoming a premium subscriber. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can do so with a couple taps of your thumb. 
If you're listening elsewhere, you can go to patreon.com slash global dispatches. We rely on support from listeners to continue to do what we do far into the future. And by becoming a premium subscriber, you will unlock access to our entire archive of hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Please rate or review the show on Apple Podcasts.